Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into a different band, different artists. We break down one of their records. Uh, we get into the music, the lyrics, how it was made, the album artwork, everything and everything in between. My name is Tyler and way out there hundreds of miles away is Jeff. While you're listening, go to uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, give us five stars, five stars only. Please go do that. All the social media is at Asinine Radio. So check it out. Follow us. Um, and that's all I got. For the for the boring intro, let's uh, boring. <laughs> let's uh, let's just jump right into it. And uh, what what are we doing? To, what are we doing today, Jeff? Well, we're doing Event well, Sevenfold and their new album, Life Is But a Dream. There it is. So yeah, this is their newest album. Came out a few weeks ago, or actually a couple months ago. Yeah, a couple months ago. And um, second album with Brooks Wackerman on drums. The rest of the guys have been around for quite a while in the band. And um, what are your uh, what's your origin story with Avenged Sevenfold? What do you got? Go. I um, uh, I don't know. I my, my earliest origin story was my my cousin Talina. Her her then significant other would take me a lot to Avenged shows. Um, so I've seen this band a lot, way more than I I ever needed to, which is more than one. So um, I, 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 I never cared for him then. I don't really care for him now. If it wasn't for this new record, we wouldn't even be doing this fucking podcast because I really just don't, I don't think this band is that great at anything. I, I honestly don't. Um, Agreed. But they were popular in high school. People liked him in high school. And, and I know friend of the pod, Justin, liked him for a minute, even though I met him later on in life. But I know he liked, we did one of the, one of the albums on the pod once too, like a lost episode, didn't we? We did, yes. Yeah. So we did. We originally did "Waking the Fallen" exactly seven years ago, or wait, yeah, exactly seven years ago to the day, to the day. Actually, exactly, exactly to the day we did "Waking the Fallen" with friend of the pod, Justin. Dude, it sounds took like a little have, screenshot of it too. It sounds like you have the Zachley disease. Do you have the Zachley I disease? Do. Yeah, <laughs> I do. You get, you're what's the Zachley disease? What, what's the, the Zachley disease? The Zachley disease is where your face looks exactly like your butt. So that's what I think that you have. <laughs> because it's such a dumb joke. It's not even funny. It's not even you, funny. I'll tell you, when you get a little kid with that one, because I've gotten both kids now with this one, <laughs> and when they're old enough to really appreciate it, that's when you, that's when you get them. You say, do you have the Zachley disease? Like, I think you were born with the Zachley disease. <laughs> And they're like genuinely curious because they want to know what oh, it is and they man. want to know if they have it. And when you get them and you see like that that look in their face that you got them, it's priceless. <laughs> it's priceless. Uh, but yeah, it's good my, advice for version. for friends of the pod who who do have kids. Skip. Yeah, I know yeah. Alex who lives out in Australia. He has exactly. I think he has a kid too. When they get hit old with enough, the Zachley disease, yeah. When they get old enough, hit them with the Zachley disease, <laughs> or whatever it's they say. Even, Maybe in, in England you can hit them with the literally disease. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking 
fucking almost didn't get that one out. I almost didn't get that one out. <laughs> I can't get over us. Oh, God, it gets even dumber every time you say it. <laughs> oh, man, it's not even funny. Anyway. Oh, anyway. Man, that's, oh, and two. Yeah, that was good. Go ahead. Um, so that's your origin story. Mine is... Uh, I don't I don't know the first time I heard them. It was in high school, had to have been like freshman, sophomore year. So early two thousands. I remember friend of the pod, Kevin, he had a he had a Avenged Sevenfold t shirt. The it was the the cover of the um Sounding the Seventh Trumpet, the purple and the black and all that stuff. I remember he had that shirt and, and I listened to it and I just didn't care. I just it just didn't didn't connect with me. I listened to Waking the Fallen when it came out, didn't connect. City of Evil, when that record came out, I really hated that record. Um, outside of the song Backcountry and Beast in the Harlot, th- that was it. That's all I liked from the band. And it wasn't until years later, like you mentioned, when when Justin was on the pod and we did Waking the Fallen, where I went back and, and I listened to the first two records and, and I really enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed the records for the most part. Obviously, some weak moments, which we talked about in, the, in this most recent rankings episode, but... Yeah, that's my that's my origin story. Is is I don't even really know. Just a lot of people at our school liked it, like this band, because they were also local. So that added an, an element to it to it all. But I just yeah. didn't care for them in high school. It wasn't until the last couple of years really that I really started to get back into them because of uh, the stage. But um, I don't know. That's my origin story. What do you what are, what are your first impressions on this new record? Life is but a dream. We we were kind of following this as it as it was coming out. Um, I, uh, the first, I think it was nobody was the first single that was released. Yeah, it was, and I remember like us talking about it and, and and thinking like this is dumb, but I'm intrigued. Like I really want to know why this is so dumb, because I kind of like it. And then listening to it again, you you kind of like it a little bit more, and it kind of like grows on you. So we 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 were following this for a minute. When I first when I first heard this album in its entirety when it came out, I I, I didn't know what to think. I mean, much <laughs> like like when you you're given some crazy prog record that's so complex or Beethoven or something, you're like I I don't like it was good I guess I don't know what to think. You listen to it again, and then it gets like like for me it got worse. I thought like this is stupid like what the fuck are they doing? This is Event Sevenfold. And then, like, my third listen is when it really clicked. And I was like, this is what I've been wanting since the beginning for Revenge Sevenfold. You guys have always been goofy. This genre is fucking goofy. It's dumb. Yeah. It's silly. Finally, a band is embracing the goofiness and pulling out all the stops and all the tricks, but then still just being a band and having fun. And that's that's where I'm at now, just more so. Okay. Yeah, my, my first impressions were similar to yours. Nobody was the first thing I that I heard and it, it, I didn't really like it at first, but I was still drawn to it. And I still sat there for six minutes and watched the video and listened to the song. And it was a song that I'd never heard them do or really any other band do. It's, it's this weird, I don't want to say like sludge sounding song because it's not that it's, it's kind of in that vein, but it doesn't tone wise. It doesn't sound like it, but it really trudges along and, it just has this weird pacing to it that's it's almost it's like hypnotic it's very hypnotic and brooks does some weird ass shit on the drums on this one on that song and 
it's it's unique. It's definitely unique within their whole discography. And it that song alone drew me to this record. And then when I listened to it, I would I was so torn. I just didn't know what to think. And where the first time I listened to it, I was smiling and giggling because I thought, oh my God, this part is fucking incredible. It's so good. And then it drops into something so stupid. And I'm like, okay, this is it. Like, I'm going to shut it off after like the next song or two. You get 30 seconds, a minute into that shitty part. And then it would drop into something so weird, so unexpected that I would start smiling again. Like the, the high, the ups and I don't want to say highs and lows, but the ups and downs I had listening to the song the first time, I haven't experienced that with a lot of records, especially recently, like in the last few years. It's just, it's so, it's so off the wall. And it really did take subsequent listens to really kind of absorb the nuances of it all and the transitions. And it's not just that they're dropping between part after part after part. There are, it is a very seamless sounding record. And it's going to be kind of difficult to break down this record because it is a record that should be listened to from front to back. Like, like any prog record. And I'm not saying this is like, you know, a fucking yes record or, you know, ELP, you know, nothing like that. It's, it's much more metal infused and it's just, it's fucking solid. It's so fucking solid. And every time I, I I listen to this record probably 15, 20 times now and, and I'm still picking up new things. If you, if you listen to this record for like the first time without knowing any event, like backstory, Musically, you would almost think this is some type of like weird owl joke group making fun of <laughs> various genres, be it like metalcore okay, yeah. or like prog music, because it's it's fucking goofy and nobody it is right that fucking into that. <laughs> like, what is that? And then so like my, my favorite part of that sound is that they leave just a little bit of negative space, right? There's a there's a there's a cutoff mm-hmm. on that sound. And there's like like a millisecond of just dead air, but it's enough for you to like think about like wow, there's nothing playing right now. And then it goes back, yeah. And honestly, dude, that sound is annoying as fuck. It's annoying. It's obnoxious. It belongs nowhere in music. And so now they make this work, and they make it work because when the drums come in, that hi hat tone, dude, it's mm-hmm. clunky. It sounds cheap. It sounds like they bought like a drum kit from the fucking like the thrift store, and it's all shitty. And then finally, it does go into like the full band coming in. But I like how it builds because it builds and it embraces like the uniqueness and goofiness that makes like Avenged kind of like the best at this point because they never embrace their goofiness like this. And even no, they haven't. So like I, I people I work at a record store and and the uh, uh, whoever was the label or somebody sent us um, posters. Oh, you saw God, the posters. posters. Yeah, when and, I was and, there. And, I saw and the promo posters of the band showed all the guys, and they're like in the desert, and there's like a bus behind them. But they're all shirtless. They're all shirtless and in jeans, and half of them are wearing shoes, and the other half are wearing sandals. And it's black and white. And they're all shirtless again. And they're wearing like angel wings. Like like angel wings like you'd buy fa- from. Like fake from like the Halloween store. Yeah, just like bootleg ones, like shitty ones. But like the funny thing was nobody was smiling, nobody was smirking, nobody was laughing. They looked dead ass serious. And so yeah. I, I still don't fucking know what that was supposed to be. I think I think in that promo shot, which and we could always post on the on the socials, but in that promo shot, 
it's so awkward looking and I think the awkwardness was intentional because when you when you look at it like the way they're all kind of spaced out with one another none of them like are like posing like they're trying to show off their muscles you know it's all just very kind of this awkward this awkward sense and I think that's what it was I, I think they're not taking themselves serious seriously at all and I think that's what it's it is I just think that's what weird. it is yeah it's, it's, weird. it's a weird it's a weird shot because For they're sure. older now and so they kind of have like the dad bod thing going they're not like like gross they're looking still so fit. yeah they're, they're still, still really fit, fit guys but they're not yeah. like like tim lambisi's from before he tried to kill his wife fit you know what i mean they're yeah, they're yeah. like older guys who are still fit wearing skinnier jeans and maybe most people would wear but again it's just i, I entrancing I, I just don't fucking understand i'm just i have no words i have no and there's words. a big I'm pile so of them still at that record store too i'm just so confused well now we have a big pile of great event fleet posters that nobody wants of course yeah <laughs> but um so with with life is but a dream uh do you have any stinkers off this record no yeah i don't either how many bangers do you have uh i think they're all bangers to be honest i, I agree this is something else I, I have 11 bangers and like i said earlier you know this is it's going to be kind of difficult to to rank these songs because they all belong in their rightful order. I mean, this is a song that need or an album that needs to be listened to front to back. Um, and there's some crazy cool parts. I mean, I, I broke down a lot of these songs like with timestamps because it is kind of all over the place. They do drop back into like, you know, core kind of choruses or verses, but dude, it's, it's fucking, it's wonky, but it's fucking solid. Yeah. So what do you have as your, uh, your, your, your number one banger, your one B, what do you got? So so if I could put if I could put the God trilogy as one mm-hmm. song, then that would that would that would be my one B. Um okay. if that's if we're not doing that, then my one B would uh be what is it? Scroll up. We love you. We love you. Okay. Right. So I mean the God trilogy I didn't rank it as one, I ranked them as separate songs, which I guess is a little unfair, but should we because just even again, like like to even they did a trilogy of songs and they're no like they're they're not shy of doing long ass songs. And so they do this 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 trilogy of songs and Well let's 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 talk about the trilogy then. Let let's talk about the God trilogy here. So it's only like it's not even ten minutes long. So they yeah. could have just made it one fucking song. True. But then they didn't because like, ah eh, fuck it, who cares? I don't want to. Again, weird, right? Well, I think it's also like we, we talked about last week on, on the, was it last week? What did we do last week? Hell, what, N- what the hell did we, we do? NWA last week? Or the week no, before? we did. Oh, Van Halen. We did Van Halen last week. Or Van Halen, yeah. So remember that song, that album is only nine tracks. And we talked about how, you know, mm. they probably have to have a certain amount of tracks to consider it an actual album, not an EP. That might've been the same thing here because if you, if you combine those songs into one, it's only going to be 10 tracks right there. And then the last song, "Life Is But a Dream," I mean, even then, even that song, you could tack on to the God trilogy. So then, at that point, you only have nine songs. So I think it comes down to: is this a, a full-length album? Is it an EP? Even though it's like fifty-three minutes long, I think it might be one of those things too, where they had to separate them into separate tracks. I mean, interesting enough that that part of this was recorded in Pasadena, and we just did. A Van Halen episode, yeah, but I but I think those days are gone. This is their first album back with Warner, 
right? They had a little bit of uh, bad blood with Warner mm-hmm. in the in the prior in the prior albums leading up to this. Um, but I, I don't think at this point, Event Sevenfold releasing an album that's fifty minutes long, nine tracks, eight tracks, would be considered an EP. I I, I think this is uh, this is. It may it may not have been a problem, but I think maybe it had it could have had something to do with distribution rights or maybe royalty rights because maybe they make less if it's well, I think streams. An I, I, I think they're thinking of streams, streams yeah. at this point. I, I I think that's a good I think, point. You know what I mean? Like like who wants to like playlist a fucking ten minute song? But playlisting one or two three minute songs of a ten minute suite is is a lot easier. That's true. That's a very good point. Very I good would point. I would probably I don't know I'd probably think that. But yeah yeah the God trilogy I think that is the best thing on this there's highs there's lows there's parts of this that i just even still this like listening to this this week i just don't fucking like why why did you write this why did what made you do this (laughs) what made you think this was a good idea (laughs) i mean all three songs are very different so i mean you have you have the song g and then you have the song ordinary and then you have the song death um so starting out with g i mean this right here is my 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 three B, my third banger. Like if I were to take it out of the trilogy, this is my third banger. And full on prog. This is full on prog. Dude, this is like like the intro, which they play throughout parts of the song too. The intro is straight up rush. That's what it is. It's it's like it's like except, a trippier ex- version of rush. Except Brooks is uh Oh my god, dude. He's playing the drums like I would play it. the drums. You gotta you gotta stop Brooks is with not, this Brooks hate. Brooks is not good on this one. This is the one he's that not, I was talking okay. about. He's not good. Oh my god. He's not, he's not Neil Peart. Neil Peart. He's not anybody. He's not. Dude, I don't know why you hate this guy so much. He's, I don't get it. On this song, on G, on specifically prior to this, this one, week, he's not prior good to this on week, this. Prior to this week, you've had nothing but great to see, for great things to say about Brooks, but now, come on, dude. Well, you're I gotta, just, you're I gotta, just, you're really, I gotta bring you down a peg because Brooks dude, is not. He's God. so good on this record. He's, he's not. He's, no, he's not. He's, he's fine on this record. He's he's incredible on this record. I think I think I'll you could replace Brooks incredible. with Josh Freeze no. and you would not know a fucking difference. No, no, I don't think so. I don't think there's anything on here that's like, oh, that's iconic Brooks because I don't think there's anything iconic Josh because Josh is a fucking studio drummer. Straight also, up. Brooks, this is this is like him experimenting. This is him like you know showing off a little bit with with Avenged Sevenfold. He, he's actually I've never heard any showing dude, off he, on this one. It's it's. There's some show-off moments, but there's also some really kind of nuanced fills, some great footwork from Brooks, not just on this song, but over this record as well as the stage. He has some great, there's some great footwork going on in both records. So and I, so I feel I, like, like I will, that's I will what say. sets him, that's one of the things, things that sets him aside from The Rev. The Rev is more of a straightforward metal drummer. See, I don't, Brooks, I, I, Brooks I think, can no, throw in, no way, no way. Brooks can throw in a little bit of metal, a lot more punk. But also, he has some of the jazz chops too. There's some no, good jazzy stuff. No, uh. no, he does not. There's no shuffle whatsoever with Brooks. No, whatsoever. No, no, no. no. What, what what the Rev does better than like Brooks I've ever could even possibly do. So like I don't know what it's called when drummers do it, but it's where you do like uh, the way I do it when I play the drums. You know, as a as an infant playing drums, <laughs> you start with like the 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 bass, the do 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 like that do 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 do. So you do bass, like snare, one tom, snare, yeah. another tom. So it's really quick. So it's like, like that, like a roll, I guess. But it's you're using, a lot, you're using two different toms, a snare, and the bass, essentially. Yeah. It's like like a four-hit roll. The Rev would do like a, like an eight-hit roll in the same amount of time as like Brooks could do a four-hit roll. 
but then the ref could also do like an eight hit roll over the same amount of time like Bruce could do an eight hit roll and the, mm-hmm. the rev would do it tighter better but then he could also slow it down if he wanted to depending on the song that they were playing and again it was too early i think like event sevenfold peak now because now these guys aren't taking themselves so seriously so i would just love to hear the rev play these songs and they have a better drummer i just don't think the brooks is i think brooks is like a great studio musician i, I think like you put him in a studio dude he'll fucking slay absolutely See, i he can play I would i would have said the same thing i honestly would have said the same thing about brooks he's good at prior everything. to prior to the not stage. great at anything I would have said the same thing. He's a he's an amazing studio drummer, but the way he I feel the way he's been able to shine on the stage and especially this record has just ex- completely exceeded my expectations of the guy. Absolutely. Here's like here's like the big difference, right? I don't remember any drum parts of this album except for one, and that's this one. And he starts his song off pretty shitty. I do remember one drum part that the Rev did in backcountry granted i've heard that song a hundred times but yeah. you don't forget those do do boom 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 you don't forget those that's because you're good because all you're remembering are the busy parts like the rev was was amazing he was an amazing drummer but he was a very busy guy and that's what people know him for the most is his busyness it wasn't really about playing to the song it was about let's just throw in a shit ton of notes come up with some cool parts some cool transitions but that's, that's not it. what the like, rev did, not, though. That's not what that's he did. What he, because uh, he did for not. The most just, part, he, he, he was not. He was not Travis Barker busy. Like no, he was. He was. He, he was, was though. He was like. He was like a bounty hunter. He was fearless and inventive. I don't hear that from from Brooks. I don't hear him being. Fearless I disagree. At I disagree. All. This I, is a, totally this is a perfect fucking. Uh, this is a perfect example. The song G. Oh, it's a perfect album. Oh, hold on there, dude. Well. This is well, a perfect example. This is a cool, <laughs> like, fucking prog song. This is a cool prog song with it these really guys. Is. But, like, dude, Brooks is not playing prog drums. He's just not. Okay, uh, you're and right. It's cute. He's not it's playing... cute. It's cute. But that doesn't make, that, that, like, literally makes him not a good drummer. But they're also not, not a, a great prog, drummer. They're also not a prog band. They have prog elements on this record and the stage. I'm not saying that, that he is this amazing prog drummer. He's not fucking Neil Peart. He's not at all. He's not an amazing any he's, drummer. He's not Phil Collins, you know. It's like he's not he's not that kind of drummer. He's and an amazing fine. jack of all trades drummer. Yes, he is fantastic. Yes, and I and I still say he writes better parts for the songs than the Rev did outside no. of Backcountry and a couple other songs. No. Overall, Brooks has written better drum parts than the Rev, and I stand by it. I don't care. I don't think I don't think Brooks has written any drum part that is that I've thought like, damn, that was fucking unique. I can't. I've never heard anybody do that before. He's just he's just he's just good. He's really good at being. <clears throat> he's like he's like he's like the best of the B tiers. Because okay, so I but he will I never get, never be A tier. I get what you're saying. He's not doing anything that's like so revolutionary or whatever. But who gives a fuck if it's not revolutionary? He's he's playing to the song. He's adding. But if you're not revolutionary, then you nuances. can't be one of the best. Like, Dude. Come on, come on, come on. This is like this is like arguing with like Primus, like arguing the differences between Jay Lane, uh, you know, Tim. Jay Lane's and better. Brian. You're right. They're all all no. three of them are better. Yes, correct. I agree. <laughs> no, but it's like arguing the differences between those three guys. They all have their own kind of unique style. They're all and equally Brooks amazing. Not, Brooks does not have a unique style. On these records, he does. He does not. I'm not, talk, no I'm not talking about style the style whatsoever Dude, to Brooks. There's not. Dude, he has no unique here. style. No, I totally disagree with you on that. I completely disagree with you. His his flourishes, 
his his he doesn't do any flourishing. What does he do? Dude, what does he do? Dude, he's so he's so tight. I think he's. I still say it. He's a tighter drummer than the Reb was. You just you're, you you got really your goggles is. on. You got your goggles. No, on. I That's don't. Fine. What goggles? Which goggles? Which ones do I have on today? <laughs> Clearly, your which ones do I have on today? Brooks goggles. I don't know where you bought them. <laughs> but you overpaid for them. That's for sure. You got to get a pair, right man. Nothing about it. You got to get a pair. They're they're nice. They're if good make goggles. You, if it'll make me see the bullshit that you see, then maybe I should get a pair. <laughs> Anyway, enough of the the shit talking of Brooks Wackerman because it's not fair. It's not nice. But it's like, unwarranted. What, okay, so so what, like what you're doing now is is I'm shit talking Brooks so much is because you're hyping him up to be bigger than I think he is. What you could have said was enough enough Brooks like praising. Let's move on, right? You could have said that, but you said enough shit talking Brooks. It's like I'm not because like, shit, I still think he's a great. You drummer. are shit talking him. All you've 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 literally. Had nothing nice to say about the guy in this band. I keep or really saying he's a great drummer. In. I keep saying he's a great drummer. I, I no, said he's the fucking no, like the deep purple great, of drummers. He's a, he's he's a like great all, studio amazing, drummer, amazing but he's not good for this band. He's not good for this band. He's not I never good said for he wasn't good for this band. This is the like, best album. You're you're out of your fucking mind. And I think he's at, at this point. I think he's better than the Rev because the Rev fucking died at 28 years old, and Brooks had five years on the Rev. He was older, experienced. The Rev just didn't have enough time. But god damn, if you're gonna fucking if you're gonna sit there and tell me that Brooks is more inventive and more creative than the Rev, you're fucking out of your goddamn mind. Absolutely. I'm not. I'm not. I stand by what I said. The Rev alone on my least favorite Avenged album, Avenged Avenged, mm-hmm. the Rev is more creative on that album than I have ever heard Brooks be in his entire career. I disagree. I disagree. I, I, I really fucking bonkers if you tell me otherwise. I just told you otherwise. Yeah, and literally I'm not out of your fucking mind. Not wearing Brooks the goggles. I'm creative. not bonkers. So let's get back into G and and the God trilogy here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so yeah. A lot a lot more like a lot of rush stuff going on here. Um, and then you know they're really good on this record about dropping into like the heavier riffs. Um, and this particular song, you know, when they drop into that. Mr. Shadows, he does more of that like that that talk singing thing that he does, and so there's some good solid double bass fills throughout that as well. Um, it, it, this song is all over the place, and then you get to that pre-chorus with the girls singing. I forgot who, their names, but you get that that pre-chorus yeah, where they're singing, the and then that? where did it drops into <laughs> it drops into the chorus, and then they're kind of singing this like melodic harmony, like they're they're, they're kind of harmonizing with shadows. I don't know. It the chorus is fucking weird. It's so fucking weird, but it's awesome, totally awesome. And there's like this weird kind of funk thing going on too during the chorus for no reason at all, but it works. It totally works. I, I don't. Nothing about this this song, this album makes any fucking sense. So here's okay. So there's a lot of things here. One, yeah. I I like I like that they try to pretend that they're like prog gods for a minute. <laughs> And what makes yeah. what makes it work is like these guys aren't prog gods; they're not great at it, and so they do it just long enough for us to be like, "Wow, this is pretty fucking good." But they don't let it hang around. You know what I mean? Like George Costanza, you tell your joke and you get the fuck out of there. You don't linger. These guys don't linger here. So if you linger long yeah. enough, we would realize that these guys are not prog gods, but they don't linger. They get the fuck out of there, and so we think that they're prog gods. One thing. The next thing was, yeah. Those like background vocals, what the fuck? Cool contrast, I like it. 
you forget this is a metalcore band, right? That came from from Orange County in that scene. Like, what the fuck is happening here? And then I also like you're right that they do throw in kind of that funky, that funky thing here and there. It's super subtle. It's buried. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not the focal point of what's happening because there's a lot of the, the you know the vocal aspect of the song, and that's what is really driving this specific part of the trilogy forward is the vocal part. But that's awesome because that's what prog bands do. That's what the Grateful Dead did all the time, dude. Is they yeah. they introduce like concepts that they would explore in the next three or four minutes, and that's what this band did in the O yes. and the D is they would bring yep. back those funk things and fully explore it. Not great still, but they still did it. They did it, and I I still think I still think they did it well. They really did do it well. They did it <sighs> but, fun. They did it fun. Okay, okay, fair. Yeah, they did it fun. They did, they it, did fun. it fun. And that's all. Who? That's, that's what I want. That's all, I, I just want to have a good time. You know what I mean? Like I just want to have a fucking good time when when I'm listening to an album like this. And I had a blast listening listening to this one. His his um, vocal styles here remind me of that soprano song though. Woke up this morning. That's oh, the, the, the Nick Cave song? song? Is oh, yeah. it Nick Cave, no. right? I don't no. Know. I don't. Wait, who sang, who sang the soprano? Hold on. Morning. The theme song, right? Yeah. Yeah, isn't that... I thought it was Nick Cave. Well. Well, why... Uh, yeah, well, wait. Probably some English it, thing. I don't know. That would, that'd be, that would be kind of funny if it was... If it was like a like an English thing and not... I don't know. I guess wherever the Sopranos was based off was that in like Jersey? Yeah, it was New Jersey. Yeah, uh, yeah. Th- wait, the Alabama Three. That's the name the of the band. Fuck is the Alabama Three? <laughs> Who are the they're, three? They're they're a British band from That's yeah. They're a British a British band, Alabama Three from their 1997 album Exile on Cold Harbor Lane. Well, that's a dumb name, dude. That's all of the, the Alabama Three is a <laughs> dumb name. <laughs> I know. It sounds too much like this band, Alabama. And that band's fucking terrible. What? I'm so confused. Uh, okay, I'm really confused. Anyway, it doesn't matter. What is what is confusing? I don't know. Because now I'm reading like like Leonard Cohen might have sang it. I don't know. What? I don't, it's, it's Alabama 3. Let's just say it's Alabama 3. Okay. That's who it is. That's what that's what Shadows reminds me of when he's singing in this one is, is that... That kind of delivery, just like goofy, lower register, I don't know, lighthearted shit. I dig. Yeah. I yeah. dig. And, the, and the solo in this song, too, compared to the rest of the record, the solo is pretty modest, um, considering, you know, Sinister, your boy Sinister is pretty... Uh, too wise. <laughs> too wise. He's a pretty crazy guitar player. But he also, like, runs his his guitar through, like, some weird effects, too, so it's not it's not your normal... It's just not a normal solo for him, and 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 I liked it. Like it really added to the weirdness of the song, and then dropping into to ordinary. That the next part, dude. It's it's a straight up like funk song. That funky bass line, the guitar comes in, has that seventies kind of synth sound to it. Mister Shadows is using a little bit of auto tune. It just it sounds so good, and it's just that's the entire song and. I think it's solid, man. Solid, solid stuff. It's a good song. I like it. This would be my five B if I didn't if I didn't group them all into like one trilogy. Yeah, this is uh, ordinary. Is my six B. Yeah. And and you know much like the 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 first part the G uh, during G, you get this kind of weird solo from from Sinister, and then in this one you also get a weird solo too where 
he's kind of running it. His, his to me, it sounds like he's running his guitar through like the synth pedal, mixed with some like some heavy duty fuzz on there. Like it's, it's this weird, really cool sounding thing that he's he's really putting out there with his, his solo. I I, th- I think. Dude, he fucking he nails it. He really are fucking we, nails it on both of these songs. Are we in ordinary already? Because I was still in G. Oh, you're still in G. Oh, okay. yeah. Ordinary. Yeah, I, I moved on to ordinary. Sorry. Or, or, okay, so ordinary like clearly starts off with that fucking like Stranger Things sounding intro. I don't know if you watch Stranger yeah. Things, but that's what it fucking sounds like straight up. You never watched Stranger Things. No, have you never watched Stranger? You don't watch anything oh. post like 1995. I just don't know Dude, if you watched. We newer did a, TV we did shows. a podcast on Stranger Things. We did a podcast on Twin Peaks. But we didn't we do also Stranger Things. We remember Nerd, Nerd Confessions. We spent like almost an hour talking about Stranger Things when it first yeah, came out. How we all watched it. I don't know if you watched it. Mm. Did you ever finish? Did you, did, did you finish this first season of Stranger Things? I watched the whole series. Are you fucking serious? You did not fucking watch the whole series of Stranger Things. No. Yes, way. I did. We've talked all, about this. We've talked about this so hate. many times. You hate 80s music. You hate kids. You hate dramas. Oh it's all the things that you hate. Why would you finish that series? <sighs> you're you're exhausting me today. Like this is and you've and even I'm if exhausted. we did and if we did do it during Nerd Confessions, there's no way because Stranger Things was it, it the first season Nerd Confessions. The first season came out right when we started Nerd Confessions. Yeah, and everybody so that's everybody, why we talked everybody about and their it. mother watched the first season, but there's no yeah. way you watch all seasons of. Stranger oh my Things. god, no dude. way! <laughs> you're, no you're, way! You're, dude, no we've way. talked about this. No anyway, way. anyway, moving on. Oh and two. Oh and two. Oh yeah, the the intro here reminds me of Stranger Things. It, it so does. Annoying. It doesn't remind you of Stranger Things. That that. It does. It does. I know exactly what you're talking about. What is annoying about that? You're just annoying. Never mind. You're just annoying. So you still kind of thought. Do you want to finish like the the previous argument here? That way you stop saying that's annoying every time. I just think you're annoying. I just want to have the last word. Just just okay. Gotcha. Okay. So say it now. Say it. You're you're annoying for saying what you said about Stranger Things. Okay. Moving okay, on, so we're good there. So, but but then the, then this one turns into that super funky track. But you heard yeah. the funkness a little bit in the first one. You heard it in G. Yes, is that what you were talking about? That's you, what that that you should have been able. My, you should have been able yes. to pick it up because it was there again, yes. just like the Grateful Dead do it. They yes. they they throw out little breadcrumbs here and there, and that's pro. Yeah. that's that's prog and that's jam and that's band, prog, dude. dude. And this that's... dude, this track slays so fucking hard. Everyone is riffing perfectly. But no one's showing off. And these guys could show off if they want to, but they don't. Great bass lines, but not too squirrely. Brooks here, I'll give him that. He's just keeping the beat. And that's what makes like a good drummer in person is just, dude, just keep time. That's all I want you to do. And that's what he's kind of doing here. He's just keeping time. And again, they did this numerous times throughout the album. But we get that Daft Punk sound going on. Because yeah. this sounds like fucking Daft Punk. And then, damn, dude, that ending synth saw. It just gets so fucking loud, and it hurt my ears when I had the earbuds in, so I had to turn it down. And then when I was listening to it on the vinyls, I had it pretty loud. And that last like ver, that, that crescendo into the outro, it got really, really loud. And I like that. <laughs> I dig. So then G sits as your your number five, then right? Yes. And then so where does ordinary sit? Ordinary bit would bit. Would be a little bit, a bit lower. They would be like a seven because ordinary okay. doesn't work unless you have the intro to it. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. And you know, I, I I do. I also agree with you that you know that that little funk part in G 
was a perfect way to set up what was going to happen in, in ordinary that it was perfection. That, that's really what that is. That is just a great, that's great songwriting truly is. Um, and then I talked about the solo in this one as well already. So we don't really need to touch upon that. Um, do we have anything else on G and ordinary? That's, that's all I got. Okay. So let's move on to, to the last part and then we'll get into the lyrics. We'll touch upon the lyrics. Cause I actually really liked, uh, shadows lyrics on this entire record. Except for one song. There's one weak song, but other than that, I really I, I I like the lyrics. Same here. Um so let's let's get into death real quick. Um wh- what do you have on this one? Dude, death was so good, man. This is just like continuing the funky instrumentals from the previous song, but now we have a now we have a Disney song. This is like the first yeah. dance a prince and a princess have together. Like think Beauty and the Beast. When he first, or I guess he finally turns back into a human and they're dancing together. This song is fucking goofy as fuck. Which is fun because it's, it's, a, it's a complete contrast to like the supposed meaning of the song. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I like that, that we're like musically ending on a high note and thinking like everything's happy and everything's fine. And everything's great. Like the prince got the princess and that's, that's amazing. Because then it leads to like that abrupt ending. And I, there's a lot of comparisons on this album. I thought to Coheed, Coheed utilizes a lot of like orchestral arrangements in their songs without actually yeah. hiring an orchestra to do the orchestral arrangements. But there's a lot of comparisons to Coheed, and damn, dude, I liked, I liked this song a lot. I think this is, this is as complex. These guys could have got in their in their lane. I don't think they're. Man, it sounds really, really negative to say, but I don't think they're 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 good enough to get more complex than this. Death, it has that. It's just like that that kind of slow, happy movie. It's like a very, like you said, it's like very movie score sounding thing. Brooks is kind of doing this like swingy kind of jazz thing here, um, and then Shadows is just trying to be Frank Sinatra the way he's singing. It just sounds so ridiculous. But then, like you mentioned too, the song builds into like this kind of frantic thing, and just it's it's perfect. Just it's a perfect way to round out the song. Death is just it, it's it's a crazy song that makes that just sounds like nothing they've ever done. I re- I really really think that it's unique for sure. It's you would think it's like the perfect ending to this to this album, but damn, dude, I really really love Life Is But a Dream too. I love yeah, it so much. Yeah, you need much. that you need that piano like life is but a dream is just your boy sinister that's my boy sinister with two lines oh my god it's so good (laughs) just play it's a piano ballad that's really what it is for like it's like a four and a half minute piano ballad and it's a great way to to kind of because you you hit that climax at the end of death and then now everything is just kind of falling into place back to normalcy with life is but a dream and everything is just nice and pleasant and it's just a great it's a great story from from a musical standpoint the whole god trilogy and then life is but a dream it's just it's fantastic i think it's, it's a great song perfect it's absolutely yeah. perfect these guys stay in their fucking lane they 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 extend themselves to really push like their musical boundaries but they don't do it too much to where it just sounds like dude you, you're trying too hard and it sounds like shit because event yep. sevenfold has always tried has always sounded like they're trying too hard. Oh, and so for like sure. this is the perfect blend of being proficient enough to wow me, but not complex enough to lose my interest. Like I'm not listening to fucking 
I don't know any insert any classical artist here that I don't contemporary classical artist that I don't know the name of that will lose my interest because I don't know a lot of the nuance to that music. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not just some silly outro that lasts like a minute or so, right? It's a full fucking composition. It's almost five minutes long. There's I melodies know. here. There's some tone changes. There's tempo changes. Like overall, it's just dude, it's a killer way to end the record and leave us thinking. I, like, it was impressive. It what was, the really fuck was did we impressive. just listen to? What is this record? (laughs) What are you doing? Overall, this record too. Like, I would I would say like you get you get halfway through this record and you're like, okay, this this record seems to be very top heavy. Like, the first four or five songs are just like a punch in the face. Like, what the fuck did I just hear? Like, just the the craziness of it. There's kind. I don't want to say there's a lull in the middle of the record, but it definitely transitions into what becomes the God trilogy. And then you, to me, I'm just kind of like blown away by what the fuck did I just hear the last 15 minutes with with the God Trilogy and the last song. So it's it. this album has a little bit of everything. It has the weird quirkiness. It has the hardcore thrash elements. It has the prog stuff. It's just everything about this record is so unique and so not what you would expect from this band. It's just, it's crazy good. And it got, this record has gotten kind of shit reviews by fans especially like it's a very mixed reaction I'm, and I'm actually re- very surprised at how mixed it is if if but. you look at if you look at like reviews of people that are expecting an avenged record then yeah it, it's not getting great reviews because it's not it's not like an avenged record i guess and in, in heart but if you look at reviews from people like me that just have never really liked this band at all and are coming into this pretty new, like like everybody loves it, in that in that in that sense. But but like Avenge fans are kind of like, what the fuck is this? What are you doing here? You're wasting Sinister, and you're wasting Zacky Vengeance. Like, ugh. <laughs> Who did the like the least amount on this record? But that's all right. Oh man! But this is also this record is an example of uh, an album where they decided to do something different, and it actually worked out really well. Because we always talk about or I always talk about bands like Atreyu, they're doing something different and it's just, it ends up being shit. Like it's not always good to do something different just for the sake of it. But in this instance, it really fucking worked to really go out on a limb, try hard and just fucking succeed. They, they fucking nailed it on this record. Absolutely nailed it. Which we're going to get more into on some of the other songs. Cause we haven't even got into our top three bangers yet. That is true. I mean, this um, would be like if it's if it's one epic like sweet. This would be my one B. Um, this 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 last part, life is but a dream. At parts two, it sounds like like Pink Floyd, um, Dark Side of the Moon, specifically the the great mm-hmm. gig in the sky type of thing. But I I like and the reason why I fucking I, I can't even listen to that song anymore is because of the background vocals. That whole like whoever's singing in the background of that great gig in the sky song from Dark Side is just that's so fucking annoying. And it irritates <laughs> me. And I like that they have that same sound, that same kind of draw. They're they're exploring kind of a sound, a tone, a melody, and putting it out for over like two minutes long, but it's just a piano again. And it's not like fancy high parts with the right hand and, you know, like chords in the left hand or whatever. It's it's pretty evenly balanced. It's easy to follow. It's easy to digest. I, I think I think my boy Sinister with two eyes, I think he fucking slays at this song. <laughs> If we're so picking, too. if we're picking MVPs, I'd probably pick Sinister with two Y's as my MVP for the album. Really? Wow. 
Absolutely. He's close. He's close, but he's never he's he's never broke out of his shell like this. He, he's he's you know this band's dude. This band's one dimensional up until the stage. This band's yeah. been one dimensional. Yeah, you're right. What is your number one banger? Your one B on this record? Again, if I didn't have to, if if I wasn't able to, if you didn't allow me to, if we're not capable of <laughs> putting the three the three songs into there, one well. into one, then it would be "We Love You." We love you is my my favorite. Okay, yeah, "We Love You" is my my two B. So let's uh, let's oh, jump damn. into that one. It's a good one, man. It almost made my number. It was my number one, and then I had to go back and and put something over it because I don't know. Anyway, let's get into "We Love You." You probably like We Love You because Brooks kicks this one off, right? He's got that cool little yeah. beat. And uh, what makes this one cool is it drops into like a slow jam, right? The the vocals and guitars are slower than the beat. Like he's kind of busy. He's kind of like like driving things forward a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. And they slow it down. I like that contrast. I that's, do too. That's very unlike Avenged Sevenfold. <laughs> <laughs> and that, oh, it's man. fucking cool. I dig it. Dude, that 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 punk metal beat that Brooks is doing is fucking solid. That that use of that little China crash, it's not like a, it doesn't sound like a normal big loud China. It's like one of those smaller, tiny ones. The kind of one, the kind that um, that friend of the pod, um, uh, Dave's brother. Yeah, Tony. Yeah, to- that Tony had that that little China thing. one or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah, dude, that's what it sounded like, and I was just like, oh, dude, that's such a nice little touch to the song, and to add to the chaos, the chaos that is. You know, that intro with the fast beat. Oh, it's so good. So goddamn good. That bass too is kind of noodly during the intro. It's solid. And so this is solid. like this is for sure the time of the album, specifically that that more power. That yeah. that I was like, what the fuck am I listening to? What <laughs> I is know. And the honestly, dude, the first time I heard it, I, I I didn't I just didn't know. I didn't know if I liked it. I didn't know if I hated it. I didn't know what to think. It was so it was so disorienting. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm still fucking blown away by it. Even when I play it, like on the vinyls, I, it comes on. Like, what the fuck is this? What are you doing? I know. Who told you to do this? It's so robotic, too. And then on top of that, you have you have Brooks just sitting back, hitting the single kick. That's all he's doing, just hitting the single kick to make it sound more robotic and, and electronic, really. It, it's so effective. So goddamn effective, and then it drops into that that chorus that's more melodic and everything. But damn, dude, this this song is God, all over the place. I fucking love it. But even like the guitar riffage during that like more money part, like the guitar yeah. riffage is really cool. It's not it's not just doing the robotic like kick drum like Brooks is doing. It's kind of like offbeat, but also kind of like on its own little path there. So everything is just everything is just coming together in a way that that just shouldn't make any sense. And there's just Dude, there's so many fucking noises in this song. Like, again, when we yeah, did LMFAO, like those guys who clearly just found like some kind of sampler program and just were pressing buttons because it sounded funny. That's like this song. There's so kind many of a, fucking yeah. noises in this song. Well, I, I would say too. Overall, this 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 entire record is it's very layered. I mean, and and in this song specifically, at a minute and twenty, it drops into this kind of like electronic wind up like wind up is the best way to describe the sound and then it just drops back into that robotic verse of shadows saying that spoken word thing it's just weird and just how quickly things change up and then a little over two minutes it drops into this kind of like ethereal synth synth thing 
that gets kind of heavy and thrashy. And then Shadows comes in with some screams for like no reason. The ups and downs of the song are are insane. It shouldn't, none of it should make sense, but it does for some reason. I, I don't, I don't get it at all. I, so, so uh, another thing too is Jason Freeze. He, uh, he's credited with synth on, on, I think like five or six songs on the album. Yeah. And if you look at uh, the, the in-depth wiki on this album, it looks like Jason's credited with synth on this one in a way that makes me think that that, <laughs> that sound is him. Probably, yeah. Right? Because, like, why even credit him if he's just, like, background synth shit that he's just doing as a studio person that you're going to pay him for? Anyway, whatever. So maybe that's that's him, and if that's true, then that I, I hold him in a little bit higher esteem than I would have prior to that. But yeah, then even I, as the song mm-hmm. progresses, without even being halfway done with this song, right? We're not even at the halfway point, and we're already dropping into this super fast, hardcore punk fucking thing. That they have not done properly since Waking the Fallen. I know, right? Have not done <laughs> this sound heavy. since Waking the Fallen. And it comes out of nowhere. And then it, it goes away. It's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. God, just tease me, dude. Why you tease me, girl? Why you tease me? It's so short-lived because the solo hits at 250 and then it drops back into the spoken word at 320. So you get 30 seconds of the solo. And then just before that, you get what, like what you said, it, the throwback to the first two records for no fucking reason, but I fucking love it. It's, it's so, I hate the word, but it's so random. It doesn't make sense, but it works. Oh man. It's, it's fucking bizarre. I don't know. It's fucking bizarre. It's bizarre. It's wild. And, and I, I don't think this may even be like the objectively best song in the album, but I think this is hands down the most fun. It's just, yeah. It, this is the most fun song. Fucking most fun stupid. and most unique. I think the most unique song along with Nobody. Those two songs are just shit that they've never done as a band. Ever. Dude, and this outro? Man, this outro is just, it's so plain yeah. and simple. It keeps the in theme. Guitar. Yeah. And there's so much noise. And it's it's got to be a slide guitar, right? Because there's so much of that creaking and nuance to that slide. That, that stuff you hear mm-hmm. that like, like Jack White does in his videos. It's... <laughs> Damn, it's good. It's, it's, it's a good fucking song. And fun fact too, Jason Freeze and Brooks Wackerman are best friends. BFFs. Yeah, they grew up together because Jason's the, Jason Freeze is the younger brother to Josh Freeze, and Brooks and Jason are the same age, so they they grew Brooks up together. Wackerman is the younger brother to Chad Wackerman, who played drums with Steve I. That's true, but Brooks is a better drummer. So, well, it's true, dude. I didn't even say he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I had to pull. I had to I, pull an extra Will Sasa there and wool you before you could even. Oh my it. god! So Renee, Renee watches SVU a lot. It, fuck god, that shows. That show. I love that show a lot, but but it's the same like, fucking thing. But it's just always negative. Like every episode, dude, it's just like it beats you down. So anyway, she was watching today, and I was just like cooking something, and I looked over, and Will Sasa was on an episode today. So <laughs> it's so good. Was a dark I'm sure episode. he didn't play he a funny there. part. No, 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 no. It was dark yeah. as fuck, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing about that show is lighthearted or funny at all. I don't think they've ever laughed at all on that show. No, I, honestly, I, I swear to God, I don't think they've ever fucking smiled or laughed. That's a drama. That is that is a drama, dude. Walt, it is. <laughs> 6,000 episodes of that piece of shit fucking show. I, I do like the show, though. You think you like, you, you've been duped into liking it. That's it's a good show. 
Well, I don't know about that. Anyway, I, I like that. Sh- I would just say before we move on, I like that show a okay. lot because there's a lot of procedural things that they do in court, and that's like my favorite part of the show. You love the dryness of the judici- <laughs> so judicial <good>. system. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh boy. Okay, so let, let's get it, let's jump into the lyrics a little bit. Um, we haven't touched upon upon them at all. At all. And and I really do like the lyrics on this record. I I think. I think he kind of nailed it. He kind of killed it, especially for such a newer record. And I feel like people don't care about lyrics anymore, at least not something like this. It's there's some dark shit on here. A lot of suicide, a lot of, you know, questioning your own existence, religion. I really, I was, I was pleasantly surprised by his lyrics. I really enjoyed them. I, I don't know. I don't know how he's written before this. Cause I don't remember when we did waking the fallen, so I don't know if he's gotten better, worse, the same. I don't know. But I agree. I, I think, even though I don't think he's like a great songwriter, and it's not like complex, and I'm thinking and having to do a ton of research, it's pretty pretty superficial. But I think it's like it's like Bob Dylan superficial. Like it's it's there. I love it. I dig it. Yeah. I see what you're saying. He, I get he what paints, you're saying. I enjoy he it. He paints the pictures really well. Some of them are, are kind of on the nose. Some of the lyrics are on the nose, but... He does a good job of, of of being literal and painting a picture of you know the metaphors and things like that. I think you, I think he absolutely nailed it. Do you have do you have like deep complex lyrics for the trilogy? Do you want to get into those? I mean, I don't. Um, I, mean, I don't, I don't have, have like anything, anything I really want to talk about for those ones. There's because, a couple I mean, songs uh, that I really want to talk about, but not those ones. The G is to me is about you know God creating man, in turn. You know, he's bored with man, so he fucks with them. And in the end, he gets bored and just deletes the whole simulation. <laughs> just starts like over. A, just starts over, yeah. And then Ordinary, to me, you know, it's 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 about a robot wanting to have emotions or a consciousness. And it could also be about being lost or severe depression and wanting to get out of that, that kind of darkness. Like, I feel like it, that song dabbles in both of those topics. Um, and then death is about the act of him writing a suicide note, the process of, or not the process, but like, you know, the, of him going, jumping off of a bridge and then like kind of that sweet bliss he feels, uh, moving on to the next realm of, you know, you know, life and death, I guess, I don't know, the afterlife. I, I so, did, I did think there was a lot of like, like spirituality on this record. Oh yeah. There was and a I, lot of it. And I agree that like the G part of God was from the perspective of God. And I, I like that God's just kind of a douchebag, right? Like like a kid with a fucking magnifying glass over ants. She's like, yeah, you mm-hmm. guys are boring me. Let me just see if I can fucking burn your, or send a comet your way or some shit. And in the end, just getting frustrated and starting over. Like, that's cool. That's that's some, like, that's going to piss somebody off for sure type mm-hmm. of lyrics. And like the O part of it. Yeah, I, I agree it was from the perspective of like a robot. But I think that that's like robots only do what we program them to do type of thing. So kind of like a fate, like I'm not in control of my own life. I think mm-hmm. that's where, where that was trying to go. I don't think he's a great songwriter, so I think he could do it. But I think that's what I got out of that. And the D part was 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 literally like, this is a dream, so who gives a fuck what I do anyway? Mm-hmm. Even if it's not a dream, like you can still just be like killing yourself type of thing. But it just, I think it was just a cool way to end the album because it went along with the music. And sometimes like, I think these artists just have like cool music and they think that how can we end 
this crazy like orchestral thing on like that that crescendo and then drop and then done like that sounds like someone's dying right that sounds like somebody's falling to their death and dying but that's sad as fuck how do we transition that into something better into a more conceptual thing and that's where life is but a dream comes in the last song that's some like i imagine that it's some like afterlife purgatory thing right like you've ever seen mm-hmm. the matrix there's the the whole like afterlife purgatory subway yeah. scene where everything's really white and there's an Indian couple with their daughter and and mm-hmm. and Keanu Reeves is stuck there in purgatory and like that's what I imagine this being is like where do I go next what do I do next who am I what am I supposed to do here and I think even just even just talking about these things is just elevates his songwriting better than a lot of the stuff that we talk about on the pod to be honest I agree especially when we come off of albums from like Van Halen or LMFAO which <laughs> you know, have no substance whatsoever um you know and and you know after this this little discussion here our our thoughts on it you know it kind of I guess you could make the trilogy make sense lyrically I mean the the god, the the G part of it is his view on God and how his his him shadows thinking you know God doesn't care about us he just views us as like you said ants you know we're just insignificant like we're so insignificant that he could just delete the file and that's it that's the end of existence that's it that's all so it it leads into to into o into ordinary where it's just there's no point in life like that's where the the severe depression comes in and that's where you know it's just life is meaningless absolutely meaningless at this point because you know that the god that everybody talks about doesn't actually care so it's this loneliness just that that despair almost. And yeah. then death is the the final point. Like life is, life is meaningless. Life is but a dream. Life it means nothing. So why does it matter if I just go jump off a bridge and die? Like at least I get this rush at the end, this bliss at the end of falling. And then that's it. That's it. That's all. And uh, so I guess that would be kind of the theme, you know, that the despair, the loneliness, being completely lost in life and not believing in anything or believing in, in what he believes in. It's good. It's good. I, pretty, it is good. pretty good. It is good. It is again, good. again, much like the, the concept of this album is, is, is very, uh, let's, let's get as deep as we possibly can without, without overextending ourselves to become goofy. Let's make a prog song the best that we could possibly do without becoming goofy. And I, they they did it they did it on this record so let let's go back to uh we love you from from the band what do you have lyrically on this one i thought this was a more this is one of the more simplistic um concepts consumerism consumerism ideals yeah. i i think it's kind of cool the spoken word part is so like blatant and obvious right the more marty more rather than trying to be like deep or complex i like the simplicity in that just Agreed. getting it out there so early on in the album too. The fourth track, the, I think the f- the third and fourth track of albums are usually sh- should be the more kind of like thought provoking thesis emphasizing ones, right? Like the opening track is kind of like the thesis statement. The second track you're kind of just coming down from it, and the third and fourth should be the ones that are really emphasizing the point that you're going to carry on the rest of the album. Yeah, I think I, I think the fourth track does that. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. And and lyrically on on this one, I agree with you. Consumerism, how you know corporations are out there in the media telling us we need to do 
you know, to be happy, this is what we need to do. Um, you know, we're constantly being fed this kind of propaganda almost. And then I like, as stupid as it is, it really works. And he does it well when, when he says, we love you. It's like we his, his yeah, it's just like, it's this kind of like sarcastic, sarcastic, sarcastic way of, of the corporation saying that, that we love you because, you know, you buy our products. Like, you know, it's just, it's, it's a very dark, it's a happy sounding song, but it's a dark way of presenting it or not presenting it, but dark lyrics, I should say. I don't know. I, 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 th- I thought the lyrics were, they were solid on this song. They were solid. Not the most complex, but solid. solid. So, We Love You is your 1B. So, <laughs> Game Over is my 1B. Oh! The opener. Where does this one sit for you? It's my 2B, baby. Okay, so, I mean, god damn, dude. What a fucking opener, right? <laughs> it's pretty, pretty good. <laughs> you know, the, the first, the first thirty-five seconds, that kind of happy, ethereal-sounding guitar, and then all of a sudden, it drops into this aggressive, kind of frantic thing too. It just, it, it's, it comes out of nowhere. You don't expect it. It's something they haven't done since "Waking the Fallen." Something like this, at least, this chaotic. And then that core, that kind of chorus hits at at a little bit after a minute. The drum rolls are just are fucking crazy cool. Those drum rolls that Brooks does are fucking awesome. And they and yes, he's busy, but there's enough there, enough space to where the other guys can shine during the chorus. Cause he's not being overly loud. Yes, he's busy, but he's not loud and just the nuance in the maybe it's the mix too. I don't know. I just in the production, I just think this song is fucking awesome. I I I agree. The ups and downs too. It's just I agree with Brooks here. I I really do. I think he throws in so many fucking rolls. There's so many notes, while the melody yeah. is equal parts like catchy and goofy in the chorus, and the bass. The bass pushes through, and it's super loud and it's burpy, and it's not it's not <laughs> it's overly burpy. complex or anything. But you can fucking yeah. hear. You know, it's like burp, 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 burp. yeah, like somebody's burping. It's burpy. But dude, like this intro. This is wild. This is like Jethro fucking sounding. It's so goofy. It's so stupid. This, this intro is stupid. For an events album, this intro is stupid. It You're sets right. up this album absolutely perfect. But then I think it drops into this like this weird like wild, frantic system of a down kind of pacing. <laughs> it gets into this thing that's just like dun, dun, like 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 fucking uh, like like sugar, right? Like like just something weird like that. And this is dude, this song is full on leaning into the absurdity of totally. what will become this album. Like the bridge proves just how wacky this record is going to be. They they've never done something this outwardly goofy and serious at the same time. And Sinister mm-hmm. is the one playing the flute in the song, which oh, I fucking okay. absolutely <laughs> love it. It's so <laughs> dumb, right? Know, Sinister with two Y's, dude, goofy and amazing. The, the whole song it's like a little after two minutes, and the whole song just stops. And then it's the acoustic guitar, the flute, and you're like, what the fuck is this? And then <laughs> Mr. Shadows comes in and starts singing, and it's like he does this like falsetto kind of thing, and it doesn't sound good, but it's okay. Like It works, and you're, you're so taken aback, and you're like, what the fuck am I listening to? This sounds like shit. And then out of nowhere, it just drops into chaos. Just absolutely drops into chaos, and then it, and then it ends. Bizarre. It, it, 
it's fucking ins- it's an insane song. But yes, this is a great setup to what you're going to hear on the rest of the record. The fucking craziness, the weirdness, the things that are so off the wall that you've never heard from this band are are bundled into this one song. And then the the song is called Game Over. Like what a what a great opener. <laughs> like just title-wise, what a great opener. As the opener, you you called the yeah. opener game over, right? <laughs> right off the bat, that's game that's over crazy. for all you losers out there. Fucking, it's a dude. It's incredible. And then lyrically too, I really do like the lyrics. I, the way it's a it's an extremely dark song. The way it builds up, going through his life as a child to an adult, and then at the end he hangs himself, and. The way he the 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 words he uses, they're just singular words. He's not coming up with sentences; they're just single words that make sense. I don't know if I'm explaining that correctly. Like, like when I, he's going I, through his adolescence, he's just you. Yeah, I forgot the exact. I don't know. I you could probably explain it better than I can right now, but I. I I think that the song itself is just a lot of word vomit, but it's good word vomit because it's all what I think is meaning. Um, he's just kind of like misses opportunity. Like what he really wanted to do in life, it just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And therefore like he feels like he's past his prime of doing it anyway. And so then he kind of says at the end of it, like can't you see life is but a dream anyway. And so thus kicks off the album, the concept of, of like, eh, like life is futile. Right. If in going into like the later God uh, trilogy where he brings up the robot thing of fate and, and we are programmed and predestined to do things. So you have no control anyway. And I think that he's already realizing that like I didn't do the things I wanted to do in life because that wasn't that was not my fate. That's not what I meant to do. And that really fucking depresses him. And I don't know if I if I get like an out, outwardly aggressive like suicide thing over the course of any of the part of the album or if it's just him even the the D part of the God trilogy, I don't think it's him like literally committing suicide. I think it's just him finally caving into the fact that he has no control over his own life. Well, I mean, I mean that's that's the whole concept of the album, I think. But then, but then, like the end of this song, game over. He, I mean, literally in the outro, he says, "Toss a rope over the branch and fall into the night." And here I swing from my family tree. Say good night. Can't you see life is but a dream anyway? Like there's. A lot of it. That's, that's, I, I, again, like, like topically, yeah, like suicide, I get it. But I think, like, under the surface there, I don't know. It's like when you're arguing with somebody and, and you hit that point where you're so frustrated, like, I might as well just fucking die then, right? Because I have no choice in this fucking thing. I, I should probably just die because I, you know, you know, like, you've been frustrated at that point. Yeah. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. No, I think we've all, we've you know all I mean? been at that, that spot, yeah. Yeah. And I think like if you truly do, and then we don't feel like that. It's just something you say because you're very, very frustrated. But if you truly, truly do feel like you have no control over your life, that is how you feel. Like I might as well fucking die because I have no control over my life and everything's predestined. I don't know. I, I took a very more, very more. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> very Tyler Moore we did a TV show. Very Tyler Moore. Yes. <laughs> I, I take a very spiritual uh, approach to this album. And I, and I think this was, this was battling with the idea of, of, of fate and then and then just like being in control of your own life, which is so fucking bizarre for for a band that's pretty goddamn successful, eight albums mm-hmm. deep. Yeah, you're right. You are right. Well, this is some I do like, like third your, album your, shit. I do like your more optimistic approach to his lyrics on this one. I, I, I really do. And really overall on this 
I don't think he's suicidal. I, I think he's just pointing out the futility of, of life in regards yeah. to, to fate and, and predestination no, you, kind of shit. You could be right. You could be right. But so I'm kind of like running through the lyrics again real quick on, on this one. So, I mean, the the first line in this, you know, open, blurry, nurture, loving, and then crawling, walking, fleeting, glory. You know, it's just, it's him, God, it's just, it's the one words, but they're they're building they're building this world as, as simplistic as it is. I, I do really like the world building. And then, you know, you get farther into the first verse and then it's, you know, secret, toothless, fairy, pillow, money, kissing, nervous hero, warmly ordinary. This daytime TV satisfies extraordinary. These hand-me-downs worn in so nice. Like it's just, it perfectly builds like every middle class, kids kind of upbringing you know what i mean who had like a kind of a like a i guess for lack of a better term like a normal life you know as a kid um i just i think that was just it was fantastic and then the second verse changes hormones high school threesome roll call study license freedom it's just novice flirting first time lover like it's just it's so stupid. It's so fucking dumb. But he's like he's growing up there, right? But like it's you perfect. see him yes. growing up. That's amazing. It's 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 just it's so cool, I feel. It's so cool how he's using these one just one words or one little phrases to just progress through his 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 childhood, his adolescence up into his adulthood and then I don't I just dude, I think it was just cool, really cool songwriting, really cool lyrics on this song and that's another reason why this is my what my one be but even later on in that same verse right when he says like the the so like the the kind of the background the call and response part of it but the best is part of waking up and then this dark roast got me so fucked up yeah kind of the play into that coffee but then now like as an adult instead of like going out and drinking all night you look forward to that Kind of that that mundane. I mean, you don't drink coffee. You you eat your breakfast. But I, is I, the most disgusting fucking thing in the world. But the most the majority of people, well, yeah, they wake up in their daily routine. But even the daily routine itself is something. As a child, as a teenager, you think like, "There's no fucking way I'm ever gonna have that. I'll, I'll never be one of those people that have a daily routine, have to have their coffee, and have to eat oatmeal, and have to have breakfast at this time." But you do it. You end up being that person. Yeah, because that's what we all fucking do. We're creatures of habit. I like that. It's good. That mm-hmm. second verse is good, dude. That second verse is pretty, pretty good. It is. It is pretty good. All right, so let's uh, let's move on from from uh, game over. Uh, this was your two B. You said right. That was my two B. Okay, so we love you as my two B, um, which we've already talked about. What's your three B? Uh, Mattel. Mattel. Again, these this is going in if we don't if I'm not counting the suite as as my one B. Yeah, yeah. So Mattel's so, my three B. Mattel's my four, and G is my my three. So let's let's get into Mattel. What do you got on this one? Uh, I'll start with the lyrics because the lyrics, eh, I don't really care. Um, okay. Mattel, it's about living in a fake world, and I thought it was kind of interesting that we did this and this came out around the same time as as the Barbie movie has been coming yeah. out. Has been coming there, has came out. A lot of coincidences. Yeah. Are these big coincidences or smaller coincidences, or are they just coincidences? I think they're just coincidences. Are there big coincidences versus no, smaller coincidences? Or are no. they just coincidences? They're all coincidences. Mattel, my Mattel. 3B. Um, I, 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 this is just about living in a, in a fake world, lyrically. I didn't really connect with this one 
that much. But damn, dude, the the, the music part of this, pretty good. Yeah. Pretty, pretty good. I agree. I mean, being, you know, just like coincidences like we just talked about. Um, it is weird we did this one lyrically right, that's too. That's what we're talking about. Okay. Yeah. And um, lyrically, I, I don't, I think it's pretty... Eh, there's nothing too deep here. It's just him talking about how society and life is kind of meaningless. Everybody is just kind of playing pretend and it's just, there's nothing there. Nope. It's, no. it's, it's not, it's not bad, but like, like we've heard this a thousand times, right? Yeah. Exactly. It's like a breakup song. You've heard them one, you've heard them all. So it's whatever. It's fine. Exactly. But um, exactly. I, I, I like, I like, I like that we're dropping right back into the metal. Good chuggy metal. It's like System I love of a Down. I, 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 love, I love that descending like slide with the saw effect, that like that thing that they're mm-hmm. doing here over the course of the album. And uh dude, this chorus is just out there. He's singing like like he does like like it's not that great, it's passable, it's good. But then they add these little weird synth sounds to it to both like complement and ease the tension. I don't know, man. This chorus is fucking absolutely genius. <laughs> it also sounds like he's about to start crying. Like he's <laughs> Dude, I don't know, man. This chorus, this chorus gets me. This chorus gets me good. And I like the way he says "hell," and, like towards How the end of the chorus. Does he? Fucking weird. Yeah, he says "hell" really weird. It's like I, I don't I'm have too even, much I'm written about fucking do it. I don't have too much written about the chorus on this one. I it was just more of like that that system of a down sounding riff, and then I, I really like the drum beat in that that intro with the double bass, the use of the ride too. It just. Because it's, I, I really like that that kind of I don't want to say back and forth with Brooks, but it's it's really good. And then how the verses end with, I don't know what it is, but it sounds almost like like an eight oh eight being hit, but ringing out as well, like ringing out longer than a normal eight oh eight would. And it's it they end the verses that way, and it's so cool. It's so weird, and it's so unexpected, but it really keeps your attention um and then the verse is kind of also having the the weirder higher vocal parts too which he's really kind of doubled and tripled down on on this record but man everything everything brooks does on this i think is fucking awesome it really really is awesome and how fast he plays to the point where it almost doesn't sound real but it doesn't sound like what you hear on i mean oh hold on there dude because he's doing his best like double bass and he's doing his best at playing as fast as he can. Well, but I'm not, even, I'm not, even here right now, he is not as fast as the rev. He's not. I disagree. Uh, he's not, he is not as fast as the rev. Maybe not, not, maybe not as like, maybe not with like the consistent double bass, double bass pedals. But I think with his, 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 uh, cymbal playing and his ride and the way he hits the ride and, Really, it's it's his it's his ride and hi hat playing that I'm very impressed with as well. I mean, he's extremely crisp, extremely tight. I think tighter than the rev. The rev can be better with the pedals, but it's the here's, it's 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 the ride the ride and hi hat playing that that really gets me with Brooks. So here's and like he the biggest difference it. between like Brooks and and the rev at playing like metal music in the vein of Avenged, because we don't know what the rev has been playing outside of Avenged. Cause it's still again just still, still too young, but like Brooks is hitting just that that easy four count, but he's just double basing it a little bit. The Rev, however, will hit that that easy four count, double basing it, 
damn near twice as fast as Brooks will. But then, like, the rev will add all these little, you know, hit the hi-hat. And then on, like, the beat, he'll go to, like, the ride, the bell, and the tom-tom. And then snare, snare, snare. And he'll do all these fucking weird timing things that just don't make sense. But in it's the too first, busy. In the first it's measure. But it's not too busy because he doesn't do it all the time. He only does it to complement the music when the music calls for it. I would have See, loved to hear the rev take over this album and make this even more amazing than it already is. I don't know, man. I, I think I think his busyness is detrimental to the music. The rev is. But he's not he's not Travis like, like, busy. But like when you throw him up against I'm I get this is actually an unfair, you know, comparison, but throwing him up to Joey Jordison, who, you know, was a very, very busy drum drummer, especially on the first two records. He still, what he did Weird. was like eight guys and, to back him up. But he also he was what he did was leaps and bounds better than what the Rev did. Oh yeah, ever of course. I just I don't I don't I don't know I, I don't know where I'm going with that. I just don't think the Rev, the Rev is great. He really was great, but I think you're discounting Brooks way too much, way too much. Here's what I got. Here's what I got. I'm gonna stick to it. And then we can put it to bed. We're really, we're really repeating ourselves because I don't, I don't, I don't want to. I don't want again. We can go on for fucking hours. I think the Rev is Avenged, but I think Brooks does an amazing fucking job at reviving Avenged. That's it. Okay, he does an amazing job reviving Avenged, but also progressing the band. Yeah, but I think the Rev will always be Avenged. Brooks but only a, a very, but only, but only in a very pigeonholed manner, like in a very specific manner. And it's because he died so soon, and we uh, don't know what he would have done. Who knows? He also did. He also did five records with them. Five records is a lot, and we didn't see much progression outside of lot, being kind of shitty. But it's not like, that much on. because it is five records, pretty damn so much soon with each other in a genre that was essentially erupting. From where they came from, but okay, but no. When it's you look a, at Metallica's not, first, it's not a tried and true thing. When you look at Metallica's fourth first four records, all the four records sound vastly different from one another. Oh, hold on there, dude. They don't sound vastly different from each they other. They do. The first they four do, Metallicas dude. sound. They first do, of all, the dude. first two fucking Metallicas are identical. They're not. But they're both perfect funny. records, but they're fucking identical. Get the they're fuck not. out of here. For <laughs> whom the bell tolls could have been on Kill 'Em All, one hundred percent. No, 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 easy. No. Calm you know, down this is guy. this is what happens Calm when you only like Metallica guy. for like a year, two years maybe. You know, you're you're still learning. You're still learning, and and I don't a band don't, and band can be the best. That. A band can be the best at what they did and historic and great and have uh, longevity, but also kind of sound the similar from their first like four albums because their first four albums sound very fucking similar. Anyway, no, they they don't. So, but, relax there, guy. Get your goggles off. I know we. You have like, you, do you have like a bucket next to you full of goggles for like the various fucking albums that we do? Is that what's <laughs> happening here? You get them on wholesale. What is happening I do. over here? Yeah, I do. I um, I keep them. I hang them on the wall. I have little you know nails on the wall to hang them all and display is, on display. This you is know, the best. The, the little, little mannequin heads. <laughs> Put them on the little mannequin. Oh, that would be so good. <laughs> and then I buy wigs to make it look like the person. That Why would you buy to? wigs? For what purpose? For the wigs? Just to, to like to accent put, the goggles. Yeah, to, to put on the mannequin head to look like whatever drummer I'm or wh- whoever I'm trying to talk about. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, like Brooks it, Wackerman we, hair, we Joey a, Jordison hair. We <laughs> we took a, 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 a legit cool thing and just made it fucking weird. That's okay. Yeah, that's fine. That's what we do here. This anyway. is the best chorus in the album. 
Yeah. Right? Uh, yes. What'd yes. you do? Sing it. How'd you sing it? I'm not. No. You, Ain't you a go with my sound crazy. That's what he does. It's so good. Oh, you're even doing the, the stupid vibrato. Oh, my God. It's so this is, dumb. But I smell the plastic. And then he says, in it seems we found ourselves. And then he goes, and then he goes, and then it goes into that like hardcore fucking metalcore thing that they do. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> the solo here is good. I like the solo. Bricks is just doing his best double bass that he could possibly do. That's great. Oh, my God. A lot of aggressive noises. And it's it's classic back and forth avenged solo, but it's not exclusive to just guitar players, right? Mm-hmm. So now we're hearing the bass get in on it. We're hearing Brooks get, out, get in on it. Because, you know, if you throw it back to, like, backcountry, like, that's, like, one of the coolest, like, back and forth solos oh, I love you can that hear. back and forth. It's so fucking rad. Yeah. But they're doing it here. But it's like, hey, like, we did it already once with the guitarist. Let's get everybody involved. Let's do back and forth with everybody. And that's, it's fun. There's even, and, like, back and forth with the synth. I think yeah. it's synth. It's a synth. Or maybe it's a guitar run through, like, a pedal. I don't know. But, no, it does sound really? like a back and forth between the guitar and synth. It's 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 also cool because this was also supposedly written, like by the Rev, like that that bridge part here was suppo- supposedly written by the Rev, which, mm-hmm. um, in, like on the surface level, like like whatever, who cares, I guess. But, like that's I don't know on a deeper, more, like band driven level, that's that's rad. That's cool that 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 they even found something that was saved, or that was even, in partly written by the Rev and then like expanded on it, incorporated it. I think that's absolutely amazing to pay like homage to a to a fallen comrade of the past. Yeah, that's so it is cool. Really cool. It is really cool. Oh, Bonker man. song! I love this fucking song, dude. I do too. I well, you you've already kind of talked shit on Mattel, but that's fine. Oh well, no, you talked shit on the lyrics. Sorry, my talk, well, I didn't say talk shit on the lyrics. I said the lyrics are basic. Basic, yes. All right. Um, I I don't know. There's only really one other song I kind of want to talk about um only because it's so different from their other music but i'm good about i'm good with wrapping it up after that and it's uh, it's what what i I was gonna say the song nobody yeah no nobody i definitely want to touch upon um i do have notes for everything so i'm gonna touch upon everything because i don't fucking care let's yeah let's let's do it run through nobody's my 4b okay nobody's my 5b What do you got? We kind of we kind of already talked about Nobody a little bit, right? Yeah, we did. It's so, kind of a droning so, song. Yeah, I, I, I like again. I like that negative space you leave in there. It's not just a continuous. There's a little bit of a gap there. I dig that. Um, we talked about the Jason Freeze thing. I think he, I think he's responsible for that main synth sound. Otherwise, like, why would you credit him if he's just gonna be a bullshit artist in the background? Yeah. Um, I also like I like the solo here. Um, th- oh, it's the soul- at, the, at the end, right? Yeah, yeah, it's fucking solid. So good. Again, this was the first time it reminded me of stuff like Kohi did. Like Kohi mm. does this kind of shit really well. Just, just, I don't know. It's the beat is slow. It's dramatic. It's it's not that like crazy or whatever. It's just everything is just building. Like you said earlier, building this world, building this this concept, this theme. I dig it. Can we talk also talk about the hi hat work the hi hat on this song? Yeah. It's fucking great. It's come on. It almost sounds like it's programmed. That super fast hi hat. 
it's it's wild. I mean, it's fucking insane, dude. It, you're you're fucking insane. If all the stuff that is going on in this song, the orchestral arrangements, the fucking <laughs> no, I, solos, we, the which crazy, we already talked about, the crazy synth stuff about. that's back and forth. If you're if you're focusing on the hi hat work, then I think you you didn't even listen to the song. I did listen to the song, but we already talked about the other things, and I did want to bring up the hi hat thing because it's so out of place with everything else that's going on in this song, especially during those those kind of verses, or I guess they're. Are there more? It's more of the chorus, where it's still yeah. that kind of that 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 trudging thing, and but then Brooks is just, they're like fucking sixty four notes. Or I don't even know. Like they're so goddamn fast, but it's so it's so tight and so crisp. Fucking nails it. He doesn't do it for super for, for a very long time, but it's it's just enough to be really really effective. I I, I, I totally dig it. I think it's good. I, I think it's good in the way where like you're eating a piece of pizza and, and you're getting oh to the God. crust and you're kind of full and you're like, oh, yeah, the crust is still good, though. Like that's, you know, that's like the, the end result of a good song, but not like the focal point of it. OK, that's fair. That is fair. It's you brought it up. I got to bring you down a little bit. But it's sol- but it, I agree. It's not the focal point, but it's solid. It's that's solid. all you it's need. Good. Yeah. That's all you need. All right. Um, do we have anything else on Nobody? Do you want the, what are the lyrics? The lyrics are this fucking oh, yeah, yeah. What, what do you have on this one? So like the the song explores the idea of of uh, I I can't I think it's called monism or monism, and I think mm-hmm. it refers to the idea that the universe is the universe is one. We are all one with the universe. Like everything is is me, and I am one of everything. We are all connected in this weird Jedi way as one, rather <laughs> than a group of individual parts. Mm-hmm. But I also think he plays in the idea that we are all kind of like nobody. We are all we are all so insignificant to the outcome of the cosmos that it's both humbling and terrifying that our, our existence it, on life will be erased. And you and me specifically, right? Like no matter who we become, we will probably be erased in the next one hundred years. No one will ever fucking know who we are. Yeah, it's a again, it's, that's a scary, that, not a scary thought, but a it's humbling thought. and terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> definitely is so good and this song ah oh man i i agree with you that that that's what it is lyrically as well um it just shows it just him just thinking about the meaninglessness of life and how you're just a speck in 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 a universe of just everything and nothing i don't know it's just what did kansas say kansas, kansas put it perfectly what did they say what did kansas say what I don't are know, you? what did kansas say Dust in the wind. Oh my god, so dumb. All we are is dust in the wind. That's a killer song, though. It is a good song. That that is a good song. All right, nobody moving on. Cosmic. Because I want to. I'm gonna get through all of them. Because I have okay. a lot of notes. What do you got so on I'm cosmic? Cosmic. Uh, it's my seven B. Okay. So it starts off super slow. Brooks has to do some freestyling here on the cymbals to add a little break to the pacing because I think the mm-hmm. song starts so slow, and that's. That's where the song ends on being bad. After that, this the song becomes perfect because the solo is fucking amazing. It matches the song feeling and the overall album aesthetic. And like, come on, dude, when it kicks in and goes faster, but then the solo oh, yeah. kind of slows down the pacing a little bit. Fuck me with that contrast. Get the fuck out of here. Like, what are you guys doing here? Because yeah, the, yeah, like Brooks like rips it up. He gets way crazier. But I love how how your boy Sinister with two Y's, dude, with two Y's. Come he on. just. He just he's so subtle and god damn dude I, I I agree the contrast is fucking awesome. It's such a great build up too like 
the buildup and and the drum fills and ah, Brooks kills it, man. He fucking kills it. Okay, and then it, that's and what then, you want to take out from this song is that Brooks kills it. Okay, well, you okay. Brought, you, all right, all right. You, you give me you give me anything like positive about Brooks, I'm gonna that's jump true. on him. I'm like that I'm like a me. fucking that one's on me shark or something right now. I don't know. <laughs> Throw a little bit of chum in the water. <laughs> <laughs> I go crazy, I, and y'all show up. I get it. Okay, that's okay. That's on me. I, I, I get that. I, I love this piano riff. I, I like I like how it transitions oh, the parts of this album. The piano really drives this album forward in a subtle way because it's always there and never goes away. And even though we hear synths, even though we hear like organs, we always hear pianos when the album is transitioning to a different part. And mm-hmm. I like how they use the orchestra and mix it with the guitars. It's silly. Like the, it's super effective. It's something like that the, like, at the end, right? Like that soundscape thing that they're doing. Yeah, before the cosmic part of the song, I put that in quotation. You couldn't see my hands, but like you can't call a song cosmic without having some type of cosmic sounding riffage or parts, and then we get that. We get mm-hmm. that later on. We get that kind of like spacey synth riff. Shadows has that super like ethereal verbed up vocal parts. Honestly, it's very like BT Bam sounding, just not BT Bam. And the yeah. ending orchestra part is just fucking spot on. Because this album is wild, with the like, why, so like the orchestra part isn't goofy or out of place. It's it's put in there deliberately. They're not trying to hide it. They're putting it in the front and they're building around it. It's absolutely perfect. Yeah, I would agree with you on that for sure. I love it. I, even still, the the song sits fairly low on my banger list. It's also my my seven B. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's it's a song that you need to listen to in the context of the record. It's as a standalone, it's not the greatest. And then the lyrics, like this one, was wild for me. I love this one so much. Oh man, this one, this one was like this one bummed me out. It really did. Go. What do you got? Then I'll get into why I I, I went off the rails with this one. Okay, so I mean, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty straightforward, but I feel you know it's about death, leaving a loved one behind. And in this instance, he's reassuring that person that they'll meet again and, you know, somewhere down the line and to always look for reminders of them in, you know, in their normal everyday life, just to have some source of comfort after he dies. And I don't know, man, it just, it bummed me out, bummed me out hardcore on this one. Yeah. So, it's so, so simple. It's so simple. So, so like there's two different paths um, that I, I, I took one is that we talked about earlier that we're all going to die. Everybody's going to fucking die at some point. And, and have you seen the movie Coco, the the Pixar movie Coco? I have not. And the whole like concept of the, or the, the, the movie Coco is, is a person is not truly dead until they're forgotten until nobody talks about them anymore. Mm. And like realistic that happens with everybody. Like no matter how much you want to be a part of like, your, your, your history and read about people. Like people are just forgotten. There's so fucking many of us. We're going to be forgotten. And then we're truly going to become dead in our entirety, but whatever it happens. And so you think that like, Oh yeah, like don't worry about it. After I'm dead, you'll still see me in memories and and things. And so, yeah, you will. When you lose somebody, you will see them in, in daily activities or, or foods you eat or drinks that you drink or movies you watch. Yeah. But that, but that'll fade. Just like everything else does. And that is that is a fact of life. And it's, again, humbling and terrifying that it's super <laughs> fucking sad. I get it. 
But then there's also the other part of this too. Like if you take it into like a more, a more fringe aspect, right? This one's cool because it's about like lovers who won't be broken up by anything, not even death. Kind of like a reincarnation thing, but also like I said, some fringe, some fringe ideals. There's a lot of super okay. interesting reads online about past life regression, like hypnosis. You read yeah. about that shit? Yeah, oh yeah, of course. Dude, I love this stuff. I I, I, t- I kept telling you watch Fringe. You watch Fringe for a little bit, but you didn't give yeah, it a chance. It's, it's not a good show. You, you watch like two minutes of it, not a big deal. But they <laughs> get into like, like I watched dude, the first they, season of it. It's dude, not they, good. God, man, they really get into like all of this. Like you meet somebody in life, and and you instantly become not just like friends, but like not best friends either. But it's really comfortable with them, as if you've already been friends for years. Oh that's past life regression hypnosis dude or if you share like similar interests with somebody or likes or dislikes and they stem from a specific place in time that you both also share well that's also past life regression hypnosis dude these are all coming together in these things and oh it's so good no matter no matter life or reality these lovers are here in the story and they will find each other again i like that i like that concept like it too i i i do i really really do i I like that deep dive but i don't i don't i don't I don't not believe that. I don't believe okay. it, but I don't not believe it. <laughs> There's a difference. All right. All right. Go. Beautiful mornings. Beautiful morning. So this has a lot of Sergeant Pepper feel to it, it or at least halfway That's through right. it. Well, what? Beautiful morning? Yeah, beautiful morning. Oh, hold on there, dude. Because first of all, Mr. Shadows is singing like he's some kind of fucking <laughs> 90s yarler coming out the gates here. Well, okay. So I, I like <laughs> I said... Like I said, I was talking about like the middle portion, like a little after two minutes, it drops into this kind of like ethereal, happy thing with the soundscape, his vocals. And there are there are moments and and aspects of that 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 part that remind me a lot of Sgt. Pepper's a lot of that record for almost like over a little over a minute. Yeah. And then it drops into crazy stuff. I don't know. What's cool about oh I did I'm all over the place. So That's so fine. I hate that I love this song, especially this bridge, like the choir, the orchestra. What I like yeah. what I like about that, even though it's super fucking goofy. This is my A B, by the way. Even though it's super goofy and cheesy, um, I like that the left channel is drums and the right mm-hmm. channel was like vocals. And so like why would you why would you separate the drums and the vocals on the on the stereo channels? Like that's weird. weird, right? You usually you would you would you would separate like guitars or, or like yeah. a bass and a guitar, like separating the drums and the vocals. Or maybe you have like like one vocal on one side, the other vocal, like the Beatles did. You know, it's like you had yeah. Lennon on one, McCartney on the other side. But then you you listen to it again and you hear, as your boy coming through, you hear Brooks <laughs> and Mr. Shadows. They're harming, they're going back and forth. They're doing things with each other that, like a rhythm and a lead guitarist would do. And yeah. it's it's in this and weird, subtle fucking way that doesn't make any sense. But because you, we've already done five songs like this, it's perfect. And do you know why that is? Why? It's because Brooks Wackerman is a great fucking drummer and a great songwriter in the context of this record. That's Brooks huh. Wackerman, dude. Or or that's because the only song on this album that the lead vocals are by Sinister with two Y's is this song or it's because that he is a great songwriter. And that's the reason that the only time in this album that you get the separation of channels is this mm-hmm. song. And that's because of Sinister, not because mm-hmm. of your boy Brooke. See, how I set you up like that. 
He did, but it was stupid. <laughs> that wasn't stupid. <laughs> like, he thought he thought like the separation was Brooks's idea. Like no, oh, yeah, the only totally. time the lead, the only time the lead like vocalist and the lead songwriter on a on a forward song like this one is on this album. Uh, this 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 song. The, the only time on this album was this song. That's Sinister yeah. with Two Eyes. That's it. Sin- uh, okay. Well, that's wrong. Huh? I'm just saying. <laughs> so what do you have lyrically on this one? Uh, this one I don't fucking even know, dude. I, I I literally have no idea. I thought like maybe he didn't want to, he want to die, or like he was fantasizing about death. I don't I don't fucking know. I, dude. I think I think this is just him ruminating on the meaninglessness of life, and you know how we all die, fade away. Just more kind of more of the same, but it's more. I think this is like a more bleak way of just talking about it. Like it's a more straightforward bleakness of life. That's what I got it lyrically on this one. Beautiful morning. Okay. But I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I do, but I, I do like how, how the the lyrics contrast with the music, especially during the bridge, like we talked about, that kind of happy, ethereal Sergeant Pepper's thing going on, and then you have these very bleak lyrics. I do like that contrast a lot. But otherwise, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm good with Beautiful Morning. That leaves so, one more. Easier. Easier. Yes. My 6B. So, yeah, this this was an unused song from 2007. Um, I can hear it a little bit because it ha- it's more of that kind of heavier Metallica kind of sound that they were going for on Avenged Event. Avenged, the, the self-titled record, whatever you want to fucking call yeah, it. Avenged Avenge. Yeah, Avenged Yeah, Avenged Avenge. <laughs> Especially vocally, too. Like, vocals, vocal-wise, he's, like, definitely throwing it back to that record. Or, like, City of Evil, something like that. Um, but then there's like a lot of Daft Punk things here too, dude. This is 100% like a Daft Punk ripoff yeah. homage song. Yeah, it's it's bizarre, and then it just it kind of cycles through like the Daft Punk part to the heavier thing, back to Daft Punk heavier. So it kind of cycles through that. It's I don't God think it's damn the song so fucking song. good. But there's there's parts of the song that are fucking great. That solo, dude. That solo it's is something a, a Shantae would have done on like Blood Sugar and Sex. It, it, it's fucking amazing, and like then adding the only, space noises, that little like, pew, pew, like what are you doing? The what only are you doing? way I can, the only way I could describe that solo is that it just it sounds happy. Like that, that's the best way to explain it. Like I just, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what it, what he's doing to make it sound that way. But it works. It fucking God works. Damn, on dude, the song. this song is so fucking good. It's it's so. <laughs> it's this this may be their wildest song dude it's so bizarre oh. it's so fucking out there i wouldn't say it's their wildest but it's definitely different because of the daft punk thing yeah it's blatant it's not even like they don't even try to hide it this is blatantly obvious a ripoff of not specifically daft punk but daft punk just popularized that, that sound yeah but damn dude they didn't they didn't they didn't hide it they didn't reinvent it it's just two different sounds they liked put together by a drop into the heavy right so like before it goes into the heavy part it drops Mm-hmm. And then before it gets into the soft part, it just stops. But there's no blending. And I think that's intentional. I think that's great. You don't always need like transitions and things. If you're confident about what you're doing, drop into heavies and stop mm-hmm. into softs. That's it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So then what do you have lyrically on this one? Dude, my favorite verse on the entire album is from this song. Really? So I, th- so I think it's about going through the motions of life and like coming out unscathed barf who cares um i think this is the weakest song lyrically for sure but dude this what about the what are you sitting down 
because what I'm about I'm to read you is gonna buckle your fucking knees like a flamingo. You go backwards. Okay, it's oh, kind of gross, but okay, continue. <laughs> <laughs> that is gross. When I watch Instagram reels and I watch people like fall on things, I just immediately skip them because I don't want to watch that stuff nasty. Um, so what he says, what he says, what Mr. Shadow says, he says, I've been shaped by peaks and valleys, found a plateau where I cursed at the sky. Sometimes I feel the rain falls for me, bound to the flesh till the day that I die. That's not bad. That's, good. That's pretty That's not fucking bad. good, dude. That's that's like that's like what's that girl's name julia 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 styles from from 10 things i hate about you yeah type of thing like that's just like good fucking high school slam poetry man Mm. (laughs) Mm. emotionally underdeveloped some might say i don't think he's emotionally under no i I mark is on but yeah you know he's he's yeah i know i'm I'm kidding i'm kidding going there for day don't well don't you can't say emotionally underdeveloped and not expect me to get triggered and talk about mark True, but I, I even even still th- this verse Damn, I don't I love it's that. good, but I don't think it's super strong. I think it's amazingly strong. It's, it's it's about going through like the peaks and valleys of life, and then you know like going with it, rolling with the punches, and saying I've been shaped by the peaks and valleys of life. Like, come on, that's silly. Of course, like obviously everyone has. But then to yeah. find like a plateau where you curse at the sky, right? You find like that 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 middle point in your life where like okay, I finally feel stable. I finally feel good. To where I can either curse at God for for fucking me over constantly, which goes back into the theme of the earlier concept that we talked about, where God's just an asshole about like a, like a guy burning ants with a magnifying glass, and then the feeling of of like the rain falls for me, right? Like the whole like in, in movies you see it all the fucking time, where like the rainfall will fall on one person. <laughs> yeah, like dude, he's pulling out all the fucking cliche stops the, yeah. in a way that's not so, cliche though. But it is cliche. Come but it's on, not dude. cliche because it's not hidden. If it was like if he was hiding it and pretending that it wasn't cliche, it would be cliche. Because it's all there in one fucking verse. That is not I guess. cliche. I guess. And then bound to the flesh till the day that I die. Fuck till me. Oh, Come on. If that is not two early two thousands OC hardcore, that is very I don't know what it is. very emo. It's very, very Early two thousands emo for sure. God damn, that is good. <laughs> Bounce of the flesh till the day that I die. <laughs> Come <laughs> on, <laughs> that's a tattoo if I ever seen one. Oh man, <laughs> dude, like, like if you, dumb. if it, uh, I'll incorporate this to my wrap up. If you, if okay. you, if you were doing like an Instagram contest where you're like, hey, uh, give me the year that this this lyric was was written. And so it's bound to the flesh till the day I die. Oh, that's fucking 2004. Oh, for sure. 2002, that's fucking, yeah. you know, that's, that's the huge or something. They, like, no, that's 2023. That's silly. <laughs> but I think, band, I think that's... That, was, that, you know, peaked in the early, mid-2000s, so. Well, this band peaked 2023. Well, okay, for to us, yes, but to the to the general populace, general population, yes. It was, it was early it's, 2000s. It's it's difficult because I, I like metalcore is just not a great genre. It's a it's a regional genre, to be honest. It's it's something that is just not very good overall. There's a couple of bands that kinda of pull it off well, but it's not good metal, it's not good hardcore, it's not good punk. It's just like a hodgepodge of everything, but not doing good at anything. And I think that Event Sevenfold has finally has finally found the secret. They found the secret. They can take everything that they've come from, 
they can take all of their experiences and put it into something that is absolutely fun. And that is really where like music should have been stemming from is, is fun. And uh, we can go into the whole thing about how much music is not fun anymore. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy, man. Like the, 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 it's even though we complain about music a lot and how music is not fun anymore. Like the, you're right. This may be like the album of the year. It, it really fucking yeah. may be the album of the year. And right now, turnstiles, yeah, turnstiles, glow on. That was album of the year. Or bomb pops. That was album of the year. <laughs> RTJ four. That was album of the year. So there is still music out there that is fucking blowing our goddamn minds. You're right, and and, and that's even like throwing it back to bomb pops. Like that's not a revolutionary record, but it hits all the right spots. Like it really does. There's nothing different or unique, or really special about that record, but. Man, dude, it's just, it's solid, solid pop punk. That's really what all that, that's what that is. Like, like Turnstile, this, it's something different. It's something unique. To, it's something to we've, them, to them, this is this is something unique to music in general. I think this is, I, I don't, I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong in any aspect. I don't think there's any been a band ever that has made an album that sounds this, this varied, this diverse, this, this goofy, and, but this tight. Yeah, and this, and yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think you this know, is the most. It. I I think I think this should go up there, as far as like the greatest prog albums of all time, oh, in heart, but not okay. execution in heart, because this is prog. This is prog at its heart. Much like we it always is. talk about, like punk. What does punk mean? You know, like like fuck. This, we hate the Sex Pistols, but like other bands, like Tenacious D, that's f- punk as fuck. They do like, whatever the fuck they want to do okay. at all times. This is prog at heart, not an execution. I love this album. I, I it, every time I listen to it, even this week, it gets better and better and better. Yeah. And uh, I don't even, I, dude, I don't even like guitar solos. I don't even like Sinister with two wives. I just don't. But he's, he's your boy. cheesy and he's fuck. Your boy. But God damn, is he not the MVP? Come dude, on. He's a great. No, well, he's great. This album, it, it, it's a toss this, up between him and and Brooks as the MVP. That's, that's just that's the whole. Oh, I stand by it. I'm not gonna. You I'm not backing saying, down. You are saying not backing words. down. I, I not only give this album a perfect a perfect three, I I think this album um, I I think this should be up there. When people talk about like what makes what what's metalcore sound like, you should blame this one. Like this is what metalcore should sound like, because mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's better. <laughs> <laughs> because it's better than all the fucking bullshit metalcore bands that put out a bunch of drivel as bullshit even though i love that we talked about that that fest and in, in garden grove or whatever earlier from that record label yeah indecision records yeah and even though that death by stereo does not belong in that that list of bands that are mediocre um that's a bunch of bands that are mediocre i don't give a fuck okay i don't know where i'm going with this i think it's a perfect album it's fantastic yeah it's amazing yeah i don't know what do you want for me you didn't cut me off you usually cut me off you didn't cut me off I just I wanted I wanted to hear everything, so <laughs> give it a perfect <laughs> yeah. three out of three. Got it. Um, people who don't know our, our world famous world famous three point rating system: three is a perfect album, two is a good album. You're going to continue to listen to one is a bad album. Give it a shot, and zero is the worst thing you've ever heard. So I agree. This album is is something unique. Um, it's not revolutionary. I mean, we've heard prog music. We've heard prog metal with like BT Bam, Dillinger, all that kind of shit. We've heard it before. It's been there. But they do something so off the wall 
and just so unexpected, not just for this band, but just for, I don't know, I guess the genre in, in general, this could really could be the next step in like prog rock. I really do believe it without sounding like, you know, the jazz fusion stuff from the seventies and eighties. Like this could be the proper progression in prog rock music. It has enough of the heaviness. It has enough of the quirkiness, kind of the, the odd time signatures. It doesn't have the boringness of like dream theater and shit like that. Like this could be the next step into prog music. And, and I, I truly believe that. Um, Damn, what if it is? What if, like, all of our favorite bands from, you know, the 90s, 2000s era are now going to come out with, with prog albums at heart the best that they can? Dude, it'd be fucking, it could be really cool. It could be really, really fucking cool. Um, yeah. Surprisingly, you know, <laughs> Atreyu, I mean, not Atreyu, but Avenge did it. Uh, I'm blown away by this one this is at this point this is my album of the year i've said it the first time i heard it i said this is this is the album of the year i mean the rancid album's solid but damn dude this this takes it this takes it to the next level um i'm just i'm blown away by this everybody everybody brings it you know even as much as as much shit as i talk on mr shadows he's not a great singer but damn dude he fucking brings it he does so much so many weird things things you've never heard him do before um he fu- he he nails it I, i'm not the biggest fan but he fucking nails it on this even johnny christ <laughs> that's a name dude <laughs> that's, um, <laughs> that's something that, that is something um he he kind of he does some really cool things on the base here it's some squirrely stuff some good funk shit um sinister gates with two y's absolutely fucking nails it might be the mvp i don't know zaki vengeance that's another name dude um (laughs) just a fucking worst name i don't know what he does on this record i don't know he's a rhythm guitarist yeah i know he's he's the stands here and collects a paycheck (laughs) that's pretty much all he does (laughs) and then my boy brooks fucking nails it kills it you talk shit i don't care my goggles on i don't care if my goggles are on or not you must listen to a different album because I just there's no fucking Brooks, way in hell. No, that he Brooks fucking kills even it. Close to being the MVP on this record, <sighs> he kills it. He nails it. This is a, this album is a perfect three out of three. I love this record. I'm so stoked on it. I love the artwork, which we didn't really get into, but that's fine. We've already talked for so long. We're not going to get into it. But uh, yeah, three out of three for me on this one. So okay, okay. Do you have anything else? Are we uh, uh, we all good? That's it. That's all. Well, thank you all for listening. Go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. Tell all your friends. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. And that's it. That's all. Chewbacca! Yeah, they grew up together because Jason's the, Jason Freeze is the younger brother to Josh Freeze, and Brooks and Jason are the same age. So they, they grew Brooks up together. Wackerman is the younger brother to Chad Wackerman, who played drums with Steve I. That's true, but Brooks is a better drummer, so well, it's true, dude. I didn't even say he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, 